As many of you guys can tell by this ginormous tub that we have on stage, today is Baptism Sunday. And it is an awesome, awesome day. As a matter of fact, I don't know if Pastor Tim shared this with you earlier, but we are celebrating 13 baptisms today. And one of the things I want to invite you guys to do as we kick off service today is as we start to hear these testimonies and as we start to share these stories of people that have been changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, I want you to pay special attention to the people that God used to step into their lives and draw them closer. I want you to pay special attention to the faithful nobodies, the people who are walking alongside these people that they love. Not for their glory, not for their good, not for their kingdom, but for God's kingdom, for God's glory and in God's power. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite parts of Baptism Sundays is when we get to have somebody come up, and it's not just me or Pastor Eddie or, or Pastor Tim or any of the pastors up here baptizing people, but when they have someone who's meant something special in their lives come out with them. As a matter of fact, if you take a look behind me, we're going to put up a few photos of that as it's happened over the last few months here when we've held baptism services. Those people have stepped into the lives of these people who are being baptized, have loved them, have prayed for them, have pointed them to Jesus, and have walked through life with them, the ups and the downs. And what's amazing about this church is this is the very reason we exist as a church today. I'll never forget about 12 years ago was when I was baptized. It was awesome. I remember it like it was yesterday. Pastor Eddie was there baptizing me, and as soon as I went underneath the water, it was awesome. I could hear almost like it was like the sound of heaven rejoicing in celebration. In reality, it was the first three rows. They didn't realize they were in the splash zone. <laughs> but as they wiped the water from their faces, right, they joined in celebration. And the special person who jumped into my life to bring me and lead me to Jesus. The person that God worked through is my beautiful wife. Thank you. Yeah, she's outside. She's probably blushing right now. And like I said, that's the reason we exist as a church. A few weeks ago at our inauguration service, Pastor Chad and Pastor Eddie and Pastor Tim and Pastor Adrian, they were all here. And Pastor Chad took a moment to share what our vision as a church is. It's why we exist. And so I'm going to put this up on the screen, and I want you guys to read this with me. We exist as a church. Grace Bible Church exists as a church to bring our city into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. We exist as a church to bring our city into a life-changing relationship with Jesus and his church. We're called to do that, y'all. As believers, we are called to do that. Time and time again in Scripture, Jesus calls us to do that. As a matter of fact, Paul even calls us to do that. If you have your Bibles with you, I want you to open them up to Romans chapter 10. We're diving into verses 13 through 17 today. And I want you to take special note here, guys. I want you to be challenged by these words as we dive into them. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says this. 
For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How will they call on him who they have not believed? And how will they believe in him who they have not heard? And how will they hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Quick side note, the word gospel in Greek is angelion. My pronunciation is probably terrible, but that's okay. You get the point. Right? It's where we get our word evangelism from. And that word actually specifically means good news. The news that we bring is good news of Jesus Christ. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So faith comes from hearing and hearing from, those, uh, from the word of Christ. As we see this call, church, we are called to share the gospel. We are called to go out into the world and make disciples. And so my question to you today, church, is how are you doing that? Who are you doing that with? Are you being faithful to the calling of God to go out and do this? One of my favorite books in scripture is the book of Acts because this is where the gospel is being preached for the first time. If you have your Bibles with you, just scroll a few pages over because Romans comes right before the book of Acts and go to Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, we see this man named Philip. And I want you to dive in with me as we look at what Philip did to share God's word and what happened because of it. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Now, Philip, or now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go towards the south, toward the road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning, seated in his chariot. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. Now, I want you guys to hear this. The spirit goes to Philip, and the spirit says, dude, go. Go on this road from Jerusalem to Gaza. It's a desert. It's going to be hot. But go. Does Philip bat an eye? No. Does he hesitate? No. Does he do that thing that we do when we have to do something we don't want where he's like, oh. No. He goes. And as he goes, this isn't a walk that's convenient. He's not walking from here to HEV Plus, right? This walk is 50 miles. And he gets up and goes, obedient to the Spirit's call. And so he arrives and he sees this chariot, and the Spirit says, Go over and join this chariot. And as this chariot is moving along, Philip runs over to him. This is verse 30. So Philip ran over to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet, and he asked him, do you even understand what you are reading? Now, I want you to go back to that chapter in Romans that we just read. Who will be able to call on him if they have not believed in him? Who have, how are they able to believe in him if they have not heard in him? And how are they to hear of him if he is not being 
proclaimed if he is not being preached. The eunuch turns to him and says this, how can I understand unless someone guides me? Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like something we just heard? And he invited Philip to come in and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shearers, he is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life was taken from the earth. This is Isaiah 53. This is a chapter in the book of Isaiah where a prophet is telling you how Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior, our King, was going to suffer in our place. On top of that, the book of Isaiah was written about 700 years before Jesus was even born. And yet this man from Ethiopia, reading this out loud, Philip hears him, approaches him, and check out what it says in verse 34 and 35. Verse 34 says this, the eunuch says to Philip, about whom I ask you does this prophet say this? Is it about himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, beginning with Isaiah 53, he told him, the good news of Jesus. He was reading this passage about this person who came to suffer in our place. And Philip uses that to point him to the person this passage is talking about, which is Jesus. He shares the gospel with him. I love the eunuch's reaction. This is what we're celebrating today. The eunuch says this, see here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. They both went into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and Philip baptized him. This man hears the gospel. He believes that Jesus lived a perfect life, died a death in our place on the cross, was buried and rose again on the third day to be seated at the right hand of the Father. And he says, now I want to be baptized. Philip shared the gospel. He believed and was baptized. Philip did everything Paul told us to do in Romans. He just did it in reverse from the way that we read it. Philip was sent. Philip proclaimed the good news. And this man who heard the good news called upon the name of the Lord and was saved. Philip stepped into this man's life to point him to Jesus. And so I ask you the question, church, I want to bring back those verses in Romans. How then will they call on him who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet who bring the good news. Who is the person, church, in your life that you are praying for? Who's the person in your life, church, that you are sharing the gospel with? Who is the person that you are pointing to Jesus and living life alongside so that they can know what it's like to be loved the way Jesus loved us, so that they can be in a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church? And as we take a look at this story, Philip turns to this man and he tells him the gospel. And I'm going to tell you, church, it's awesome. I love 
to hear stories of people who are like, hey, man, grace is awesome. you got to come check it out. But, guys, I'm going to be real with you. There's five pastors here across two campuses. There's 1,200 of you. And that's just here at San Isidro. We, we bring in the Hillside campus. That's 1,400 people in this city that could be out there praying for someone, discipling someone, and pointing them to Jesus. And so I ask you the question, church, who is that person for you? Some of you might even be sitting here saying, man, Joey, wow, bro, you need to slow your roll. You need to take it easy because I do not even know where to begin. I don't know the gospel. If you don't know the gospel... I have good news for you. We're going to walk through it. And you can take this message and share it with people so that they can hear it. And they can share it. And they can step into other people's lives. The gospel breaks down into four very basic, very simple points. I'm going to have scripture up there alongside it so you guys can look to that. You can take a picture of this and go back uh, another time. But what I want you guys to do is walk through this gospel with me. This is the news that we share. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. This is the news that people shared with the people being baptized today, that they believed, received, and are now here proclaiming. The first part of the gospel is actually a problem. We stand condemned before God because we are broken and we are sinful. And I hate to tell you this, church, but all of us are broken and sinful. Romans 3, 23, the verse that we have up there says that all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. That's not some people. That's not most people. That's all people. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of our sin, God has to judge us. A holy and righteous God has to judge the sin that separates us from him. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is free, it is eternal, and it comes through Jesus Christ. And so let's turn the page. We have to be judged for the sin that we all carry, and if we all carry sin, we all will be judged, but God stepped in. Jesus takes our punishment on the cross, and as a substitute is punished in our place. A man who was sinless and did not deserve this punishment took on our punishment on the cross. Again, that goes back to Romans 3, 23. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but God stepped in and took our punishment. And by confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we are saved. See, it's not enough to just believe in God. We actually have to believe God. The demons know God exists and they tremble before him, but do they trust him? No. That's the truth that Philip shared in that carriage all those years ago. He was sent, he proclaimed, and this man believed. He called upon the name of the Lord and he was saved. And so church, as a believer, you have been called as well. Jesus says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, go out and be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth, church. 
At the end of Matthew in the Great Commission, Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Teach them to obey and I will be with you until the end of the age. And so church, I gotta ask the question, who's the one person in your life that you need to be praying for? Who's the one person in your life that you need to be sharing the gospel with? Who's the one person in your life that you need to walk through life with and point to Jesus? Because church, as a church of 1,200 people, the impact that we can have on our city is huge. And we can definitely be a church that brings our city into a life-changing relationship with Jesus by being the church that he's called us to be. Let's pray. Father, we come before you to thank you for your goodness, your kindness, your grace, and your mercy. Lord, I pray that as we move into this time where we are celebrating baptisms today, Father, that you help us to pay special attention to the faithful nobodies who stepped in to these stories, Lord, stepped into these lives of these people. These people that stepped in and were used by you to draw people closer and closer to you to the point where they are professing the life, death, burial, and resurrection of your son publicly today before this church body. I pray, church, that we are a church that goes out and does that very thing, that we are living our lives for acceptance from you and not man that we seek to honor you and glorify you in all that we do, and that we be a church that shares your word and your truth faithfully for your kingdom, your power, and your glory. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.